Our lesson this morning comes from the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, starting with the seventh verse. On the first day of the week when they met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave the next day, he continued speaking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where they were meeting, where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep, while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and bending over him, took him in his arms and said, Do not be alarmed, for the life is in him. Then Paul went upstairs after he had broken bread and eaten. He continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There is an urban legend in Louisiana that centers around First Methodist Church in Arcadia. It seems that a young man back in the mid-30s, when the only air conditioning in that facility was to raise the big old stained glass windows and hope that you got caught in a cross breeze, this young man decided one Sunday morning to climb up in one of those windowsills and sit and enjoy the worship service. The day was still, and the air was heavy, and the young man did what so many people do. He became more and more relaxed, and he fell into a sleep, a very deep sleep, and he, he, fell out of the window at First Methodist Church in Arcadia, Louisiana in the mid-1930s. His name, J. Henry Bowden, Jr., a Methodist minister. Henry, when you fell out of the window, what did your daddy do? Because his dad was the Reverend J. Henry Bowden Sr. who was preaching the sermon when Henry fell asleep. Henry said, he took me home and he just blistered my backside and I never ever got up in those windows again. I said, did you ever fall asleep again in church? He said, I refuse to answer that question. But here we are, Eutychus. The only time Eutychus' name is mentioned in the entire New Testament and what is Eutychus known for? Falling asleep. The Bible says, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And Eutychus right now is in those great cloud of witnesses up there in heaven, and he's catching elbows. Eutychus, they're talking about you down at Trinity. <laughs> Eutychus, boy, you sleep. You sleep up there, Eutychus. That's all he is known for. He is known for falling asleep. Who would blame him? It's nighttime, and the Apostle Paul is going on and on and on. 
He keeps teaching. He keeps talking. It's late. The lamps are lit and it's getting warm in the room and boom. Eutychus falls to the ground. Paul is officially long-winded. Philippians, the third chapter, the first verse says, finally, brothers, and Paul goes on two whole chapters before he finally wraps up the book of Philippians. And it's the preacher joke. Do you know what it means when we say finally? Nothing. Do you know what it means when we look at our watches? Nothing. I've got a clock right there. It's 1129. Nope, it's 1130. It's right in front of my face. I may not look at it again. Eutychus is the patron saint for all the church members who have strained trying to stay awake during a sermon. Now, you have the advantage in here because of the lights. There is such a glare in my eyes. I can't really see what your eyes are doing. And some of you are up above me, so even though your head may be bowed, I can't tell if you're praying for me or watching me. So you're off the hook this morning. There are four things I want to say about Eutychus and falling asleep in church. Number one is the challenge of preaching. Paul talked about the foolishness of preaching, and we are absolutely foolish to try to do this. When I was in seminary, they taught me that the average adult attention span was 23 minutes. Do you know what's special about 23 minutes? Every sitcom you have ever watched has conflict and resolution in 23 minutes. It's 23 minutes of a show minus the commercials. It doesn't matter if it was Leave It to Beaver. It didn't matter if it was the Beverly Hillbillies. It didn't matter if it was MASH or Friends or the Big Bang Theory or whatever else. It all resolves in 23 minutes. So the, the teachers of homiletics says, boys and girls, you can get away with a 23-minute sermon. Really? Today, if you go out to eat, I want you to observe the people in the restaurant around you and watch what they're doing. They're holding their phones. You can time them. Two and a half seconds, two and a half seconds, two and a half seconds. A shot on a television show or commercial, the longest a shot is held is for five seconds. Your brain has gotten wired to have something new come every two and a half to five seconds. And here we stand, and here we'll preach, and your brain is going, I've got to look at something. I've got to see something different. I need, I need, I need, I need a change of scenery. And so you get distracted. You start counting the bulbs and the lights. Each one has a dozen bulbs. I just want to tell you because I've counted the bulbs and the lights and pretty soon you'll count all the lights and all the bulbs. You know what they do in the traditional service? They count the organ pipes in the sanctuary. There's something to keep you distracted because your brain needs that distraction yet the word of God is being preached and your brain's going, I'm checking out, see you later. And it's not fair because the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached took 12 minutes. 
Peter's sermon at Pentecost took three minutes. Most of the parables that Jesus taught or told or shared can be done in 30 seconds. Everybody's quick, everybody's fast, and time is moving, and we are caught in this mode of speaking called a sermon. So the first thing I would note for you is the challenge of preaching. The second thing I would say is that Jesus warned us about being dozing disciples. Dozing disciples. In the 24th chapter of Matthew where Jesus says, look, you're going to hear wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, earthquakes, portents in heaven. Don't get upset. There are going to be false messiahs rising up. Don't get upset. The end is not yet. And he, he tells us to be watchful. And here's how Jesus says it. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Don't doze off. Stay vigilant, stay present, pay attention. And then to hammer it in is how Matthew describes Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen to the story. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. And then he said to them, I'm deeply grieved even unto death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so you couldn't stay awake one hour? Stay awake and pray that you may not come to the time of trial. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away for the second time and he prayed, my father, if this cannot pass until I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? See the hours at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus warned us against drowsy disciples. He, he warned us that we need to stay awake, stay vigilant, stay in the game, stay focused. Because you and I live in crazy times. And you and I have an opportunity to make a difference for the cause of Christ. And as we stay vigilant, as we stay awake, as we pay attention, we find out that God's Spirit is sustaining us and God is walking with us and we can get through 
anything going on in our lives because Christ is with us. A farmer owned land in the Del Marva. And you can have it be Maryland, you can have it be Delaware, you can have it be Northern Virginia. Wherever in your mind you need this farmer's land, go ahead and put it there. But that part of the United States is prone to a kind of storm called a nor'easter. It's a low that gets off the coast in Georgia and goes up the seaboard, and as it goes up, becomes stronger. And it gets into that part of the world, and it is very windy, gale force winds, very rainy, and in the winter, snowy. And nobody liked to farm there because things were always blowing down, blowing away, or just... Work was done because of the wind, and this farmer had lost all of his help, and so he's advertising for hired help. And people would come and apply, and he would not be impressed, or people would come and apply, and they would not have credentials or experience that impressed the farmer, and he turned them all down, but he was getting kind of desperate because work needed to be done. And this one scrawny old guy showed up one day and said, I've seen your advertisement, I want the job. And the farmer's looking at him and he wasn't this big around. He had scrawny arms, scrawny legs, and he was scrawny in the middle. Did I mention he was a scrawny old guy? And the farmer said, you can't take care of the work physically. And the guy said, I can do it. Besides, I know how to sleep when the wind blows. The farmer thought he was missing a something the guy was saying, that he was making some illusion that the farmer didn't get. And so the farmer was desperate and hired him. The guy worked out pretty well. He knew cows, he knew chicken, he knew hay. He knew how to clean a barn. He knew how to keep things in order, how to put tools up. But one night, a nor'easter was offshore and the winds were howling. And the farmer was awakened by it all, and he, he went out to the barn where the, the hired man slept at night, and he was asleep. So he shook him, wake up. There's a storm a-coming. The wind's blowing. We got work to do. And the fellow just rolled over, facing away to the farmer and continued to sleep. And the farmer was Curious. He turned and walked out, and as he did, he noticed something. All the cows were in the barn. Checked the chickens, all the chickens were in the coop. He checked the hay, the hay was under the tarp, and the tarps were all secured safely. They were blowing in the wind, but they were remaining firm. And then he understood when the guy said, I can sleep when the wind blows. Knowing Jesus and paying attention to Jesus means that you're able to sleep. You're able to have peace when the wind of life blows. Number three, I wonder if Paul didn't remember Eutychus. There are places in Paul's writing you know that he's thinking about Eutychus as he's writing the words in Romans, the 13th chapter. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. 
For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night, the night's far gone. The day is near. Let us lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And I can't imagine Paul writing that without Eutychus being in his head. And there's another place over in 1 Corinthians that you really wonder if Eutychus isn't sort of behind that one, where Paul is describing orderly worship and he says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. In other words, there is, there's just enough speaking that needs to go on for a worship service or for a teaching gathering. And in the circuit rider days of the Methodist church, the circuit rider used to preach, there'd be a song and then the exhorter would get up and tell you what the circuit rider had said. Two sermons. But Paul said, there's got to be a limit. You can't go all night. And I can't help but think that Eutychus is playing in behind that some way. So there's the challenge of preaching. Jesus warned us against drowsy disciples. I think that Eutychus appears in some of Paul's writing. I think Eutychus and this whole notion of waking up is very important to Paul. And the fourth point I want to make in this very boring sermon is, why is this story here? I mean, what, what, what's the point in it? You guys stay awake. You got coffee right over there. You're all here with you. Why is there a story taking up space in the New Testament about a guy sleeping? Well, Brother Doug, it's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put in there what God wanted in there. Did I say that piously enough for you? Why did God want it in there? If everybody who slept in church were put end to end, they'd be much more comfortable. We've all had it happen to us. You doze off. You get sleepy. You get worn out. We didn't need a New Testament story. Why is the story here? It's not that we're warned against sleeping in church, it's we're warned against becoming a sleeping church. That's why Eutychus is in the New Testament. It's almost a parable, church, that you can't fall asleep as the people of God. You can't fall asleep as you, as you approach Scripture. You, you, you dig into this book, you want to know the facts, you want to know the relationships, you want to know all this stuff about what Scripture says so you'll be smarter, but you never allow the Scripture to read you. You never allow the scripture to read you. What is in this that I need to hear? What is in this that I need to take away? What is in this that allows my faith to grow, that allows my faith to deepen? What's in the book? We become a sleeping church when we become deaf to the Holy Spirit, to the quiet Spirit of the living God. God's Holy Spirit doesn't shout at us. 
God's Holy Spirit doesn't use crowdsourcing. God's Holy Spirit individually speaks to our hearts and our lives. God whispers to us. And if you're busy doing this and this and this, if you've got things in your ears that you're listening to while you're doing this, this, and this, if you're doing this, this, and this, of things in your ear watching two screens on Saturday because that's how God meant us to watch college football, you may not hear from God. You may spiritually sleep right through it. So sometimes the church sleeps through Scripture. Sometimes we sleep through the Spirit. Tragically, we can be asleep and miss the Savior. This week, I was reading from the first chapter of John's Gospel. And the words are pretty simple. The next day, John, John the Baptist, saw again two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here's the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. So it's John the Baptist pointing out Jesus as the Lamb of God, and two disciples follow Jesus. And the commentator I was reading and for the life of me, I couldn't remember, and I can't remember who it is right now, said something interesting as he was exegeting the passage and, and talking about the meaning of the passage. And he, he came out of his scholarly robes and he got very personal. And what he said was profound yet simple. He said, I'm to so tired of pointing to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. I'm so tired of pointing to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. Sometimes we do our best ministry Sometimes we are our most authentic selves. Not when we're pointing at Jesus or pointing to things about Jesus, but when people see us following Jesus. Eutychus, I know they're picking on you up there in that great cloud of witnesses, but I'm glad you're in the story. I'm glad you reminded me of the foolishness of preaching and how hard it is to do this. I'm glad you reminded me that Jesus warned us about being dozy and drowsy disciples. I'm glad you reminded me that even the Apostle Paul probably thought about you. But most of all, Eutychus, I think your story is in there because it has a larger meaning and it warns us about becoming a drowsy church, about not staying awake and staying focused and closely following Jesus. Church, it's one thing to point to Jesus. It's a life-changing new reality to follow Jesus.
Would you stand and pray with me? We thank you, O God, for the foolishness of preaching and for these sermons, the good ones, the bad ones, the boring ones, the exciting ones, the ones that seem without point and the ones that point us clearly to Jesus. We thank you that you are still calling men and women to preach your word. And God, we pray that we would all be preachers that sometimes use words, but mostly preach because others see us following Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.